Welcome to Apaga University. I'm Inga. And I'm Julie. We are two entrepreneurs who have built an in-home care business from the ground up, guided every step of the way by God's care and fueled by agape love. 16 years later and over 100 podcast episodes already under our belts, we invite you to continue on this journey with us as we share stories that resonate, insights that inspire, and practical guidance that empowers you to face any obstacle along this path. Whether you're a professional caregiver, a family member, or are simply curious about what your steps will be when you need them, you have come to the right place. Oh, hey, and while you're here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. And after that, make sure you send this to a friend. Yes, do it. All right, we'll quit fooling around and get to it. Let's go. Class is in session. Hello, sunshines. Well, good morning, Inga. <laughs> Hi, Jules. So tell me, what's on your mind today? Any, <sighs> anything challenging going on in your life? I have a lot of challenges. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yes, yes. But the one that's really pressing me this week is um, this weekend at my motorcycle track, which is another hat that we haven't <laughs> talked about. Um, I actually have a big two-day race coming up. So when you talk about that work-life balance thing, I'm not very good at it. Oh, I think you're far better than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that's a challenge, but also something that you're looking forward to. Oh my gosh, very exciting. Such a cool crew. This is our vintage race. And this is the old bikes. There's some that are just absolutely museum quality. And uh, the people that come from all over Western United States to my little hole in uh, <laughs> Nairata, Montana, it's incredibly cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yes. So cool. Well, I have a challenge and also something I'm looking forward to. It turns out that it, um, just a little more than a month from now, my my youngest child is going to be graduating from high school. So <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit... I mean, that's crazy to think about, but mm. I am looking forward to it because she's worked very, very hard and it'll be nice to pass this milestone and, and then move into her adulting life. So, well, and let me give you a word of wisdom here. Yes. That uh, empty nest thing. It's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. You think you're going to be all sad? You really get over that quickly. <laughs> awesome. Good to know. Thank you. <laughs> all right. Well, so the other day, Jules, I was scrolling through TikTok, you know, as some one will sometimes do. And first off, I have to say that I'm super, super proud of this, the content that comes up on my TikTok feed. So that's pretty awesome. But I, I'm always looking for verses, just different things to be inspired by. And, and I actually came across um, a little devotional from at Dad Ventures 3. And I thought that what I would actually do is read the Bible verse of the, the podcast to you and then... Um, also read to you the devotional that goes along with it through this TikTok um, video that I saw. So we were talking about Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Jesus Christ. So this TikTok actually then goes on with the devotional, and, and this is what it says. Sometimes a complaint is valid, but the danger of complaining is that it can become a habit. Eventually, you forget that there are more things to be grateful for than to complain about. If you are complaining more often than you are expressing gratitude, then you are living an inferior quality of life. Never let a day go by without consciously expressing, expressing your gratitude. Open your eyes to that which is beautiful around you and praise God for what you see and experience. When you start thanking God for his gifts of grace, he is already planning the next blessing for you. 
Aww, How cool is that? That's a good one. That's a good one. And it's a, one that we easily forget. Oh, yes. Is to remember our many, many blessings. Yep. I, I got to be honest. I, I think about that daily. Um, I have such an incredible life. And I sometimes wonder if I deserve it because oh. of the, the, the abundant blessings. And I just have to remember to be thankful every day. Yeah. And you got to work at it, though. That's hard. <laughs> it, it really is. And I've, I have noticed that the more thankful I am, the more gratitude I show, um, the, the more gracious God is to me. So that's super important to remember. Even at the worst of times, mm-hmm. if you can find something to be grateful mm-hmm. for, it really just helps you kind of pull out of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's our verse for the week. Um, if you, if a listener out there, if you have something that you would like to share with us or you'd like us to discuss, we are open to that and we encourage it. So please send in your verses to the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. Again, it's the caregiven podcast at gmail.com. So Inga, what was one of the most uplifting stories you heard about this week? Oh my gosh. So do you remember a time or two ago when, when Girl Scout cookies were on my mind? I think about Girl Scout cookies every day. Yes. Well, I ran across a, an uplifting uh, story about Girl Scout cookies. Ah. And basically what it is, uh, there's a young lady named Lily. She's eight years old. As an infant, she actually was um, diagnosed and she had Ewing's sarcoma, a, a form of cancer. Mm. She beat it. She, she kicked its butt. So that's awesome. But from that, she was determined to, um, to, to help take up a battle for other kids with cancer. And the way that she found to do that was through selling Girl Scout cookies. So this girl, this eight-year-old girl, actually sold over 32,000 boxes of Girl Scout cookies this year, and she is using a large um, chunk of the proceeds to donate towards childhood cancer research. So if you think about that, at 32,000 boxes Mm -hmm. of cookies, what is there, 10 to 15 cookies in a box? That's a lot of cookies. That is. And anybody that purchased Girl Scout cookies, like you can just feel good about yourself because you probably helped contribute to this. Oh, that's really, really amazing. That is so sweet of her to think beyond herself in such a trying time. Yep, absolutely. I thought that was pretty cool. What about you? What's your fun story, uplifting story? Well, it's not fun, but it's kind of along the same as as you where um, we're we're actually um, raising up these kids who have been through very traumatic things. Um, we have a local kid here in town. Um, his dad is a, a VOEG teacher. His mm-hmm. mom is a biology teacher. And just before he was going to go to college this last year, and he was in the same grade as my youngest child, and they were both going to attend Montana State University, um, Luke all of a sudden came up with this cancer. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting to go be a freshman in college, he ended up being in the um, hospital in Denver fighting for his life, basically. But what was so exciting about it was just this past week, he got to go to MSU, and he is so incredibly talented with his music uh, that he was able to play his trumpet with his university people for the first time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, what a cool thing. And it it really impacts so many people because this being a local kid, um, it it makes you realize that nobody nobody is immune to big stuff that can happen at any time. Yep. 
but they're pretty amazing people and we're blessed to know them. Ah, absolutely. I happen to know that young man and yes. uh, my daughter has competed on many teams with him for FFA and yeah. um, what a cool family, what an awesome family and uh, definitely an inspiration. And I'm crying if anybody. Yeah. <laughs> the cryometer, cryometer. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Number one. I'm always the first. <laughs> yes. Well, what's so cool about those two stories is it's not just our older people that we're talking about, but we're talking about our younger people that can uplift us at any time too. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, we really love these people. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, cool. I suppose we probably should just dive into the topic of the, the show today. And what we have identified as, as really important information to share with you essentially is how do you know when it's time to seek professional help for a caregiving type situation? So Julie, you, you spent a lot of time um, kind of researching this and, and putting some things together. Can you start us out on, you know, maybe caregiver burnout? That seems to be a pretty big one. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, actually, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the 14 years that we've been doing this, we have so many examples of where the family is so tired mm -hmm. and they're getting to the point that they're just not acting like their normal selves. They're not well. They're just starting to allow the stress of taking care of a loved one break them down. Mm -hmm. And so this is a really, really important topic that people really need to uh, think about. And as we kind of give you words today to think about and examples, you may see yourself in that very situation. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically they say that over time that physical and psychological wear and tear can lead to caregiver burnout, a condition of feeling exhausted, listless, and unable to cope. It can, be, it can cause caregivers to make mistakes that would endanger a loved one, such as mismanaging medication or leading to unhealthy behaviors like smoking or alcohol abuse. Mm -hmm. So that's really got to be a problem, especially if you're the one, you're the key that's keeping the whole family afloat. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that um, what we've seen is a lot of times in these um, caregiving situations where families are trying to manage all of it, it, it really becomes a situation where there's a lot of conflicting demands on people that, you know, they're trying to balance everything. They're trying to take care of their people. They're trying to make sure they're doing a good job at work and, and doing justice to their job. And, um, you know, maybe they're in the sandwich generation. So not only are they taking care of elderly parents, you know, they also have their own kids. So this conflicting demand thing, um, it can really weigh on a person and, and contribute to that burnout. Right, right. The sandwich generation is a big term mm -hmm. that most people have heard. And that's right when you're in the smack dab of the bread mm -hmm. and you are like not even the mayo, you're the meat or the cheese. <laughs> yeah. And very, you're very in there important. trying to keep <laughs> all those pieces of the sandwich together. You got your own babies like Inga was saying, or you, you've got your, your family. You're the one, you're the key. And you're the one that has to be mentally and physically healthy to be able to just hold it all together. Right. And I think that people end up reaching a point where they just they just physically are unable to do all of it. Yeah. Um, you know, another thing that we notice or, you know, have experienced with some of our clients is a, a lack of control, really. I mean, sometimes these situations just, they, they start to spin and you just feel like everything is so far out of control. So if you are able to reach out and ask for professional help, um, sometimes it's just even making the phone call to talk to someone who has um, experience in situations like these to just help talk you through, um, 
maintaining or gaining back some of that control. Yeah, you know, um, way back when we actually had a caregiving uh, support group Mm -hmm. that we all met. And what was really interesting about it is that once a month, everybody could come and just be in a safe place where they could just dump what has happened to Mm -hmm. them in the last 30 days or so. But what I found to be so intriguing about that was that everybody that went around and told their story, people would realize or say, oh, boy, that poor person has so much going on, but they might have more going on, but it was their bunch of stuff to deal with. Yep. And looking at other people's, you know, the, was it a different disease? Was it a family situation, a social situation? They always thought that everybody else's was actually worse than theirs. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It, very much so. Um Something else that we see or hear about and actually experience um, is when you're in a 24-7, or maybe it's not even 24-7, but when you are in uh, up to your eyeballs in a caregiving situation, sometimes you will run up against a lack of privacy. Oh, you can't even go to the <laughs> bathroom without somebody hollering for you. Oh, I know. You know, it's kind of like having toddlers or, you know, maybe a puppy at home or <laughs> even here in the office. Um, I We happen to have an office cat that gets really upset Tina. if I go to the bathroom without her. So you can lose lose some of that privacy. And it, it just it just builds up, I think, over time and um, can contribute to some of that burnout. Um, you know, the other thing that that I see or that we see is that confusion of roles, right? Yep, for sure. So basically, maybe you have a mother-daughter situation where daughter's taking care of mom and, you know, at some point it tips over and it stops being a mother-daughter situation and mm-hmm. it starts being a caregiver patient situation. Yeah. And that can be really, really hard. I know so many times when we get calls from people that are interested in learning more about what we do, if we can maintain that um original role or help them maintain that it's just a far better situation for everybody yeah it's it's been um really interesting through the progression of um becoming more and more insightful Mm -hmm. to the things that we see every day it's almost like you can tell when somebody calls and is inquiring about services you can tell in their voice if they're about to break Mm -hmm. and that's where you and I tend to just want to say to you these people to say, you know, you did a really, really big thing today. You made the first step for getting help. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, that's huge. It's and unfortunately, people usually wait too long, right? They get so tired or so sick, that they finally realize I just can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And that is is too long. Right. You gotta jump a little bit faster and ask for help sooner, and that's okay. It's really okay, and it's a it's a big big step, but you've got to ask for help. Yeah, absolutely for sure. Um, something else that I think we see um, is is the unreasonable demands that sometimes will get placed on a caregiver. Right. Right. So maybe there's a there's a local caregiver and, and dad lives with them or maybe dad is the next door neighbor and they're doing everything that they possibly can. And then there's an out-of-state sibling or maybe an out-of-state, um, you know, relative to a brother to dad or, or whatever that might be. And, and they want to weigh in on how the care is being done and what needs to be happening, but they're not actually here seeing or experiencing it. And so that um, 
whether people realize it or not, at times they're they're placing this almost unreasonable demand on yep. the person that's the caregiver without really knowing. And that added stress just, I mean, that can tip you into burnout so fast. I'll remember um, there was one family where the uh, mother had dementia mm-hmm. and the sibling that was the closest was able to see the mm-hmm. confusion, able to see it every day. But when the sibling from Florida would call, mother was able to hold it together for a very nice two to three minute mm-hmm. telephone conversation. Mm-hmm. And here, this person that was living locally was like, oh, mother's getting more confused. I'm, I'm worried she can't be alone. Uh, this, 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 and this. Mm-hmm. And then after the Florida sister talks to mother, she's like, I just had a great conversation with her. I don't even know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But what she didn't know, as soon as mother handed the phone back to the the sibling that was here, she said, you know, that was the nicest conversation. Now, who was I talking to? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that happens frequently, I think. So um, for those maybe out of state or out of area people, if, if they can, if you can get them to the situation so yep. that they are able to experience it for more than just that short little telephone conversation, okay. that is really crucial um, for people to understand what's truly happening, you know, in the trenches, I guess. Oh, and, and it's terrible for me to say this. This isn't very nice, <laughs> but it's, it's, I think it's awesome when the out-of-stater sibling comes in and says, I'm going to come spend a week at home. And I always tell the person that's there just to go. Let them have that week with mother and it is karma, baby, because (laughs) that way you're going to be able to see exactly, Mm -hmm. finally, what sister number one has been talking about this whole time. Right. They're finally going to be able to see it. They're going to deal with it. They're going to be shocked. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely absolutely shocked. Um, And and they... It's the best medicine is for them to finally get in there and and lay those eyes and have to do the day-to-day tasks. Mm -hmm. Did you know, Julie, that 36% of family caregivers characterize their situation as highly stressful? That's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not good. That's not good. Not good. I also um, have heard that there's a large majority, like more than four out of 10 caregivers that express that they have depression, mm-hmm. they have mood swings, and then it all turns into resentment for the person that they love. Mm-hmm. And there's anger. I can't do the things I used to. I'm stuck here with you. I had to quit my job to take care of you. And that just blows up. Oh. It's just a slow transgression. It just all, all just builds and builds and builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess in uh, 2018, Genworth, they did a survey and found, or a study, found that four in 10 caregivers experienced depression, mood swings, and resentment Yep, yep. as a result of, of what they were doing. Yep. And it leads to um, illnesses besides that of high blood pressure and it actually makes you more susceptible to getting sick mm-hmm. because you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah. So if you're um, very self-aware, you can be thinking about some of these indicators that you may be experiencing a high level of stress or some of that caregiver burnout. If you are not very self-aware, then hopefully someone around you <laughs> is able to talk yes. to you if they notice these um some of these indicators and uh, that would be like an anger or a frustration um, 
anxiety, denial about the condition of your loved one, depression, exhaustion, if you're having more health problems, getting sick more frequently. Um, another one is an inability to concentrate. Yep. You just kind of lose it and you, you can't perform your normal tasks, familiar tasks like you used to be able to. Um, it's yeah. just lose that focus because you're so ingrained in, in other things that you're doing. Um, irritability, sleeplessness, social withdrawal. Um, I'm not, a, I'm not caring for anyone 24 seven right now, but it's very possible that I have many of those 10 <laughs> indicators. So to the people around me, I, I apologize. I really am. Okay. <laughs> you know, I actually find one of my triggers to myself to say, you need to take a day off mm -hmm. is, is, is a focus thing. Yep. And, um, what it is, it's really dumb, but I've noticed that this is my, my thing. And, um, when a caregiver calls in and I need to clock them in, or I, I need to document in their chart and I'm looking for their name and I can't remember their last name. And I've only known them for how many years right. or the client, they come in and we talk about Richard, but we don't remember rich. I can't remember Richard's name. And it's like, I'm losing parts of my, my thought process. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and it's dumb, but I have noticed it over and over again. That's when I'm starting to get overcooked. Right. And it is time for me to take a break. Yep. And take a day and don't look at my phone. Don't, you know, get away, get away, get away and shut down. And, and then you're all better. Yep. That's very, very true. Yeah. So basically, um, some things that people can do if they are experiencing some of this caregiver burnout is just try to give yourself a break, man. It's okay, right? Um, simplify your communication. Yeah, so um, the other thing that you need to do when, it, when you're talking about um, your communication is you've got to pull in all of your resources. Mm -hmm. If you're the only sibling, you're going to have more of tasks, but if there are other siblings that are involved or can be involved in your parents' care, don't don't be a martyr here. You need to share the situation. Mm -hmm. If is somebody a long distance, well, what can they do? Basically, maybe they can um, give you added funds mm -hmm. or getting help or to help pay the bills, or maybe they can do some of the research mm -hmm. um, on different topics to help or order, you know, the equipment that's needed, but they can, there's things that long distance care, uh, siblings can do. You know, it's really, really important that you brought that up because the other thing that we see is sometimes the long distance, um, the long distance sibling or the long distance, you know, whatever the relationship is, they want a task. They want right. to be able to help. And so sometimes when they're putting those pressures on you, it's because they, they want to be helping, but they really don't know what they can do to be helping. Right. So like you're saying, you know, check out those resources and find out what you can do from, from a distance to still be part of the process. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, actually on a personal story here, um, my grandmother is in her early nineties and she's just spitfire still <laughs> and um but at one point she had some heart stuff going on and we just nobody felt like she should be alone and mother is the um the closest daughter and she's over 70 miles away mm -hmm. um so it was kind of the given that she would be running back and forth mm -hmm. and and taking grandma to these appointments and such and then there's somebody in washington somebody in alaska and then one still here in montana well finally um Mother just couldn't do it anymore because then dad started getting sick. So she had to get more help. Um, but literally our our aunt, my aunt from 
um, Alaska, flew down here and spent her whole vacation mm-hmm. time down here being with grandma. Mm-hmm. Um, my aunt over in Washington, she did the same thing. She actually took grandma back with her several mm-hmm. times. So they've really had to just pull out that calendar and say, this is when I can help. Yeah. For a long time, their mother didn't ask for help. Right. And she was just so don't bother anybody. They're all so busy. I'm the one that has a more flexible schedule. Well, my sister and I and my brothers actually could tell that mom needed the help. Right. So we weren't worried about grandma or my dad because mother is the world's best caregiver. Right. And, but we were more worried about her. Right. And she's such a so stubborn. And so <laughs> oh, is she, that where you get it? <laughs> <laughs> amongst uh, other qualities, of course. Yes. But she, um, she, we've, we were more worried about mom mm-hmm. because she was such a strong, loving woman that she would just do everything to take care of dad and to take care of grandma until it was to her demise. Yeah. So we needed to take care of the her. caregiver. Yep. And so really, if you are an outside sibling, you need to be watching your sister, your brother, or your mother, who is the caregiver, and, and offer to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, I, in, in my family, so my mom is, is taking care of my grandma, and thankfully, grandma's doing great. So it's not like a, like a big emergency caregiving type situation, but she does need help every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what my mom can bring to the table because she lives locally. Her siblings, so my uncle, what he can do is every year, my mom and grandma like to go and visit my grandma's sister in Oregon. Well, my mom's reached a point that she's not comfortable driving Mm. anymore. So that's something that Uncle Andy can do, right? And they make a big trip out of it. And Uncle Andy's able to drive grandma and and Jean. And they get to go and visit with Aunt Ginny and Uncle Mac. And um, that's a way that he is able to help that's not necessarily doing the day-to-day caregiving. Yeah, Um, so good. Yeah, isn't that awesome? And then- what a family reunion. Oh, yes. And then my Aunt Janice, she is the world's best cook. I would put her up (laughs) against anybody. And so she, when she comes up to visit- you know, she, she always makes wonderful, wonderful food for my grandma and my mom. And it's a way that she can spoil them. Mm -hmm. Um, they always play some Scrabble games, right? And that's, that's what she's able to do at this point. So it's, it's neat to see how families work together and how they're able to contribute where they're able to contribute. So if you have, uh, you know, if you are caring for someone and, and there are siblings or other family members that want to be involved, it's really important that you engage them and let them be involved on the level that they're able to, um, because then basically they feel like they have some, I don't want to say control of the situation, but they are contributing to the situation and that makes it, you know, better all the way around for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, support groups Mm -hmm. are really, really cool. Uh, things have been really shut down a lot because of this last year, but honestly, there's still so many different ways to get support. Mm -hmm. Um, can you get it through your church? Um, can you go online? I know on Facebook, there's incredible groups that get together and it's really, truly every single, um, for goodness sakes, I'm, I'm on a cow group, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right now, everybody's showing pictures of their new babies, you know, but when it comes to caregiving, um, I'm on a one that's with dementia and Alzheimer's. Another one is just general caregiving and people are at their wits end and it's so nice to get validated mm-hmm. because of people saying, hold on, I'll pray for you. Or, um, you know, why don't you call 
your local agency and, you know, just giving tips and tricks. Yes, I've been through that. Mm-hmm. Um, mother doesn't want to take a bath and it's been a month. This is what I did. Yep. And so giving different insights, um, just what it all boils down to, like I said before, is that sometimes just having somebody to talk to or realizing that you're not the only one mm-hmm. in that boat. Because there's times that you're so frustrated or so you feel so isolated that you feel like you're in a boat in the middle of the ocean and you're the only one but reach out because you're not and pray 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 (laughs) you've got to keep faith and then you know what the other biggie is you got to laugh oh boy you have got to pick your battles (laughs) and you have got to find the blessing Mm -hmm. in every single day and and just try not to get bogged down in the weeds yep Absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? We actually have, um, we have a Facebook group here. It's the Apaga Care and Share. So so if you are interested or, you know, just jump on there, go and follow it. Um, Ask questions if you have them. We, We try to put content out so that there's good information out there. And, and we're also trying to build a group where you can ask those questions and you can get reassurance that you are not the only person on that boat. Right. Um, Another thing that's really important is nurturing the positive relationships that you do have. And I think about my mom. Um, she is she is a caregiver, man. She is a caregiver to, <laughs> to the core. So she takes care of my grandma. And then one of the really positive relationships in her life is her friend Norma. And um, Norma, my mom actually worked with her at Columbia Falls High School, but then also worked with her at Glacier National Park. And Norma has reached a a point in her life where um, she has had to go into an assisted living facility and there's a bit of a cognitive um, decline. And she, um, my mom goes and sees her all the time and they go on walks and it's a positive, it's a positive Mm. relationship. And it's, you know, she's still offering and providing some caregiving to her, but it is really good for my mom's heart and for her soul. And she loves to do that. And that's a relationship that she just stays on top of and tries to interact with, you know, every chance that she can. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, I, as you say that, I think about our moms Mm -hmm. and truly those mothers made us. Yes. And that's kind of where, (laughs) why we're here. This was all in God's plan. I think so. He gave us incredible mamas that would nurture us so that we would turn in turn nurture others. Yep. I, I agree with that. And I, I did not know it at the time. No, I had no idea. No, but. no. Every time mom told me to ride my bike over to Mrs. Kruger's, all I did was complain. <laughs> and now I wish I would have slowed down and enjoyed the moment more. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, yes. So taking care of your own health, right? If you are a caregiver and you're experiencing any of these burnout syndromes or causes, You've got to take care of your own health. You need to set your own goals and you need to establish good sleep routines and try to exercise if you can. Just get out and walk around the block or walk walk up and down the county road if that's what it is. Right. Um, but try, make sure that you are taking care of yourself and your own health. Well, did you know that actually it is a thing? It's called caregiver stress syndrome. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And a lot of us aren't going to even know that we have it. Right. And so once again, being in tune with yourself, your mental health and your emotional health, if you're really getting on edge, you know, what's driving that? Mm -hmm. What's driving that? Yeah. If you see yourself in a situation where you start isolating, because maybe, maybe it's just exhausting to continue talking about your story Mm -hmm. um, or, 
you know, whatever the reason is, maybe you just don't want to share that information with anybody else. You do need to find an outlet for that and, and, and pay attention to it because that, that self-isolation withdrawing from your normal activities, you know, avoiding others because you just don't have the extra energy to talk about your situation. That's not a good thing. So no, no, for sure. That's, that's a worrisome sleep, uh, sleep difficulties. Yeah. Boy, sometimes your brain just won't shut down. Mm -hmm. So you've got to figure out, and that's, that's a kind of a thought on, the needing to bring in professional help. If, you know, we've helped families before where they have a a pretty stressful situation with the person that they're caring for, but they know if they can get a solid night's sleep, they've got the day covered. So how many times have we been hired to go in and and provide that overnight care just so that the the husband or the wife or whoever, they they know they can get a good night's sleep. Yeah, we've actually got a current situation right now Mm -hmm. where the, the wife initially hired us because she noticed that night after night, her husband would get up at all times and she just could never feel like she um, could sleep when Mm -hmm. she knew he was getting up and down. And then one of the very first clients we ever had 14 years ago was um, this gentleman and he was pushing 90 years old and he was taking care of his wife who had this Alzheimer's. And so what would happen is that as soon as it was like 10, 11 o'clock at night, when he was ready to go to bed, she had sundowners. So mm-hmm. she would get, and she was ready to party. <laughs> and so anyway, the family noticed that he was not doing well. He was starting to get very, very tired. He was really great being able to do all the day-to-day stuff, but he couldn't do that as well if he could never get any sleep yep. at night. So it started out that we were there every other night. Right. Because he knew that if he had a, a hard night one night, the next night, the agape angels would be coming in (laughs) to take care but we would go in and I think it was at 11 o'clock at night and then we would stay till seven in the morning yep and um we would I mean I don't know how many meatloafs I made at three (laughs) o'clock in the morning or cookies doing the laundry because we were busy that whole shift and um she would get up and she would just mosey around and um just just busy, 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 but yep. he had his hearing aids. And as long as he took those hearing aids out, he, it didn't matter if a train was right next to his <laughs> bed, he would sleep all night long. Yep. And then in the morning we'd have breakfast ready for him. Yep. We'd have his coffee, his, his, um, newspaper. And then he would allow us to leave because he knew that he was refreshed and he could take on whatever the day would bring. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've got a situation currently where, we had a, a client call in and thinking that she was going to need us every single night. Well, it turned out we went there for a couple nights in a row. She mm-hmm. was able to get get a routine, get some sleep, and now it's just she just calls in as she needs us. Yep. And that's you know that's ideal. It works well for her. She knows she has a backup plan. Um, yeah, and, and what her daughter that I had met during that home visit actually lives across the state. So we're not just there. For the, the immediate family. Yeah. I know that that daughter could leave and go clear across the state of Montana because she knew that we were in mother's back pocket. So yes. if mom was having a tough time, all she had to do was make a call and we would be there. Yeah. So we are really, when you get professional care like us, you are, you're helping the whole family. Mm-hmm. They, for sure. They're able to, to go away and, and not have to worry that every time the phone rings, oh my gosh, what now? Right. Absolutely. Well, and going back to the caregiver stress syndrome, um, and you mentioned it earlier about that trouble processing where you, 
you start to lose focus and mm-hmm. you're, you're not able to organize or prioritize things or manage your day to day. Um, if you start seeing that it's really time to, to think about reaching out for additional help right before you get past the point of return on it. Yeah. Another big one is compassion fatigue. Oh yeah. And that is, um, basically uh, described as a loss of caring about those that you are serving, often to the degree of feeling irritated by their problems. And we had a family that I think was right in the midst of this. Mm -hmm. Um, And everything that they had started doing for mother was all of the best intentions. Mm -hmm. But people don't realize that having somebody move into your house or having to go see somebody two three times a day, how exhausting that is. Mm-hmm. And um, this gentleman, God-fearing Christian, wonderful man, very, very successful, um, he started being pretty, pretty, well, I don't know what the word is. He was pretty um, I would say there stern. wasn't as, yeah, yeah. stern and, and maybe not as much tolerance yes. for the situation. That's exactly um, what it was. And not, not because, I mean, he wasn't mean. No. It, it just became more of a transactional thing and there wasn't as much compassion that went into completing the tasks yeah. um, with the with yeah. the person he was caring for and so um, but but the cool thing about it is it you know families hopefully are able to start to recognize that mm-hmm. that's happening mm-hmm. um, and and make adjustments so again we can get back to that you know get out of that kind of role confusion get back yep. to what it's supposed to be. And, um, and be able to operate, you know, in the relationship, how it's intended. Yep. No, no. And he did get that extra help. I think we were there every day for several hours throughout the day. And he was able to get out, do his thing. And, and once again, he, he knew we were there so he could leave and not have Mm -hmm. to worry about mother. Yep. What about anger and frustration? That's a, that's a tough one. Mm. Um, you know, about basically some people become cynical and sarcastic about the person that they're caring for Mm -hmm. and they'll fly off on the, the, uh, the smallest things. And there is unfortunately elder abuse in this world. And, um, it's just simply people cannot cope anymore. So we, we want to stop things. The one blessing is, is if you get some help in your house, there will be additional eyes there to even watch you. Mm-hmm. and say, hey, are you feeling okay? Right. You know, what, what can, why don't you go have coffee with the boys? Why don't you go take a walk? Right, yep. I think there becomes kind of a sense of hopelessness or pointlessness yeah. sometimes when when situations um, in, increase or escalate, I guess, or their decline happens. Um, and then, you know, people get, they get frustrated with it. And maybe it's like, why am I, why am I bothering going through this process? It's just going to happen again. Right. And <laughs> does any of this really matter? So, I mean, recognizing if you reach that point or if, you know, someone that you are aware of that's caregiving, if you, if you recognize that that's happening and it's out of character, it, it's really time to think about bringing in a professional caregiver or hiring additional help. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there's guilt. Oh, that's a biggie. Guilt. How many people feel guilty because they, they want to be able to do more or they're giving it everything that they possibly can, but they don't feel like they're making a big enough difference. Um, That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty, pretty deep feeling of, of, Feeling like, why can't I do more? Why yeah. can't I fix it? Yep. 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 
Well, and um, then you kind of get into some of the physical things that can happen, uh, diminished appetite, maybe increased alcohol or substance abuse, um, even weight changes. And and I think that kind of leads into some mental health things that go along. Um, you know, basically, it's it's really taxing. It's really trying. It requires a lot of energy. Um, and so I think people can end up with some anxieties over it. And again, those, you know, depression or the inability to be able to get good sleep. Um, so if any of those things are going on, I highly, highly recommend or encourage you to at minimum, just reach out to an agency or, you know, whether that's a professional caregiving agency or your local agency on aging, or, you know, just start asking the questions um, because there is help out there for you. Yeah, every um, every area location in in the world has help some of some sort. Mm-hmm. Let's let's figure out what that is. Sometimes you got to think outside the box. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, for and sure. I, I would say if you contact um, if you do contact an agency or whoever you reach out to essentially don't take no for an answer because sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's not the way we operate. Mm-hmm. Like if someone calls us and maybe we're not the right answer for their situation, we are going to try to f- help them find the right answer. So if you reach out and, and the response that you get is, oh, sorry, we can't help you. Then I would challenge you to say, okay, if you can't help me, tell me who can yeah. point me in the right direction. Yep. Um, because it, it can be frustrating sometimes just trying to locate the right resource for your situation. You but have to be an advocate. Absolutely. And, and you're not just being an advocate for the one that you love and you're taking care of, but you're being an advocate for yourself. Yeah. And so you're helping with the whole scenario that you're going through. And basically, you know, just kind of summarizing everything that we've talked about is that reaching out for help doesn't mean you're weak. On the contrary, when you make good choices on behalf of yourself and your loved one, it shows that you're strong. Addressing your needs on all levels, which are physical, emotional, and mental, will make you a better caregiver. When the going gets tough, even the strong of us need a helping hand. Absolutely. That is the strongest thing you can do. Yep. Yep. Realize that you need some help and and don't be afraid to reach out for it. Right. Yeah. All right. So basically, we kind of went through it. Some of the things that would would make you... um, think or start to consider reaching out for professional help. You know, we talked about the caregiver burnout, caregiver stress syndrome. You know, there are times when loved ones, um, they just need more skilled support than you're able to offer them. Right. Right. And we have, we have caregivers here that are, you know, just tiny little humans, but (laughs) they have the right skill set and the right training to be able to handle a more skilled situation. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, myself, I'm, that's not my forte, right? I can give a foot rub, but in terms of (laughs) doing those, you know, highly technical or skilled things, moving people around, transferring, you know, body mechanics things, that's, that's not, that's not what I am, am made for. So if you are a family caregiver or, you know, even you're helping someone else in the community and you start to see that there's more of a physical need than you feel like you can safely do, it's probably time to, reach out and look for more help. Um, because the last thing that you want to have happen is you get hurt. The patient gets hurt. You both get hurt. Oh, I'll tell you what. (laughs) I absolutely chewed on my mother every time. I'm, I'm sure she was just thrilled every time I came to visit, but um, (laughs) when she was taking care of my dad, dad's a big dude. Mm -hmm. And, um, she's, uh, just an incredibly energetic, healthy lady, but I just told her, don't you try 
to, to move dad wrong or to, if he fell, to lift him. If your back gets hurt, you only we only have one back. Right. And actually in our training at Ipaga, um, we talk so much about back safety mm-hmm. because you just have got to learn the very basics if of minimum of, of what to do to help people so that you will take care of your own body. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I can't tell you the number of times or situations that we've been in mm-hmm. where a family, we're doing a home visit and a family, you know, shows us, well, this is how I've been transferring this person. Yeah. And I just cannot believe that nobody has got hurt. It, it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so if you find yourself in that position where you're starting to worry about your ability to physically help your person that you're caring for, it's probably time to reach out and ask for some help. You know, another situation we've talked a lot about, um, out of state type family members or whatever, but mm-hmm. we also have situations where we are caring for someone that literally has no one yeah. local, right? Yeah. So the only people that are responsible for them are out of state. And that's a, that can be a big, um, it's a big job, right? It's a big job when you're local, but when you're not local, (laughs) it's an even bigger job. So if you're trying to care for someone and you live out of state, um, reach out to your local agencies and see what they can do to help you. I mean, one situation that we have, we really just two times a week we go, we make sure that the laundry is done and we make sure that there are groceries and that's enough to keep this person, um, safe at their home and and also give peace of mind to the out-of-state person that they're being taken care of. We're laying eyes on him and, yep. and monitoring the situation. Yep. We've had to make a lot of tough calls, though, through the years Yes, and tell people, you need to come here and you need to assess this because we need we need to do more for this person. Right. So what is the next step? Yep. And that's the beauty of it. If you hire mm-hmm. us, we will, we have no problem telling you what to do. <laughs> <laughs> In the most loving of ways. Yes. And then you can decide if you want to do it. But <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about sam- sandwich generation. Mm-hmm. So um, we've had many situations where we've been hired because the person living in the home needs additional care, but the, you know, homeowner, daughter, son, whatever, they can't quit their job. No, they're not going to be able to do that, but they know that mother needs to be checked on. Somebody needs to make sure she gets her lunch or gets her medicine taken, or maybe she needs supervision for the whole day. You know, there are just many situations where reaching out is, is a really good idea. Um, yeah. So we did a really cool thing this week and, uh, we reached out to the caregivers (laughs) at our business, and we asked them to send in their favorite uh, Bible verses and um, also some favorite sayings that they remember their grandma or grandpa saying. So, Inga, I think you've got a really good one from Linda. I do, and actually, I think it really pairs back um, with the verse and with the devotional that we read earlier on about that, you know, being grateful and being positive. And so, Miss Linda, um, she said... That her grandma would tell her, if you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Oh, in this day and age, it doesn't matter. That that one we can use every day. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. I've always tried to teach my girls that if if you are if what you are saying does not add anything positive to the conversation, if you are repeating something that is not going to do anything other than, you know, hurt someone or be a negative, mm-hmm. then it's not really worth saying. Right. Right. So let's all remember that. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Oh, Inga, you look beautiful today. Oh, 
Julie. Thank you. You do too. See how <laughs> how easy it is. I really love your glasses. Yeah, they're not even on my eyes. Yeah. Oh, well, they look good both ways. Oh yes, it's a <laughs> hair clip or whatever. Ah, so that's an example of be nice. Yes. Awesome. All right, everybody. I guess it's time to uh, wrap this up. So. We would like to ask you to please subscribe to our podcast. Leave us a review. Again, we, we're very favorable to favorable reviews. <laughs> <laughs> um, share this with a friend. Please go and join our Apaga Care and Share Facebook group and share in our discussion. And don't please don't forget to send in your verses and your grandma sayings. And you can do that at thecaregivenpodcast at gmail.com. It's been really nice talking with you today. Absolutely. Peace out, Girl Scouts. All right. Have a good day. The caregiving name is a registered trademark of the Veritrust Health Incorporated Company. Epaga is not connected to, affiliated with, or endorsed by Veritrust or any of its affiliates. 